Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to you all, and a special welcome to any of you who are here for the first time at Greyfriars. It is wonderful to have you with us. I, um, I remember very clearly, and will do for the rest of my life, uh, walking in to a church community like this for the first time. So I was um, 17 years old, and I came from a, a family that were Christian, they never spoke of God, they never spoke of Jesus, and uh, a friend of mine had invited me along to to their church community in Woking and uh, I remember walking in the first time and I was absolutely terrified. Does anyone else feel like that? (laughs) Maybe don't admit it. Um, But I was totally terrified but I was also desperately searching in my life and uh, I was looking for meaning and what I found in this community, in this church, that evening, that Sunday evening, the first time I walked in, I saw faith, and I saw hope, and I saw community, and I saw love, and it drew me in. And at the end of that service, the first time in my life I'd ever been to a church service, I went up at the end of the service, and this wonderful elderly man asked if he could pray for me. And in that moment, as he prayed, God reached out and saved me. And my life began to transform from that moment on. And it was from that moment that I joined this worldwide, diverse, living, breathing body of Christ that is the church made up of 2.4 billion people around the world who follow Jesus, each with a slightly different sense of how they worship, of what it looks like, but all together following Jesus as Lord and Saviour. And the community that is the church, as you know, exists to glorify God and to share the good news of Jesus. And so last week, if you were here, we looked at this great gift that God has given us, which is the Holy Spirit. And this week, we're going to have a look at what this gift is called the community of God, the church. Because when a a number of us gather together, and it could look like this, but it can look uh, different. Bite is an example of a gathering of God's people. Should we just cheer on the youth? <clears throat> yeah, come on. Um, I promise I won't make this too competitive, but uh, small groups and there's all manner of Tuesday special, lots of different gatherings of God's people around the week. As we get together, we are, as they call it in the New Testament, ecclesia. That is the Greek word for church. It means a called out assembly, a group of people who are called out by God to be different from those around us, to be different from the culture around us, to stand firm for Jesus in our lives and follow him, and to grow in our faith. And that is the essence of what this passage of Scripture in Hebrews 10 that Dave just read to us is telling us. So um, keep this passage open, Hebrews 10. We're going to pray and thank God for, for church and uh, have a look at these words together. 
Heavenly Father, thank you that you have gifted us with each other. Thank you for Greyfriars and New Hope. Thank you for your church across the whole of Reading. Different denominations. Thousands of people seeking you every day, Lord, for strength and wisdom, following you, making a stand for your kingdom values. And we thank you, Lord, for the worldwide church. Think of those areas of the world where your church is blossoming and growing, often in the midst of persecution. And so, Jesus, this morning, lift our eyes to you. Help us to hear you and to see you, our risen and glorious King, seated at the right hand of the Father. Thank you that you are here with us now. So draw near to us as we draw near to you. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Now, the book of Hebrews is, uh, in case you didn't know, is written to Jewish Christians, hence the name Hebrews. And uh, some of these believers that uh, received this letter were being persecuted and some were uh, facing imprisonment. And so the writer, we don't know who the writer is, the writer of Hebrews is, has put this letter down on paper to spur on these believers, to cheer them on in the faith. And in doing so, he's encouraging you and me as well. And the message of Hebrews is, is this, that Jesus is greater. Jesus is greater than the angels. If you want, you can flick through the book of Hebrews as I say these things. But it starts in Hebrews 1. Jesus is greater than the angels. He's greater than Moses. He's greater than the high priests. He's greater than any sacrifice or covenant that had been made in the Old Testament. And the letter reaches its crescendo in chapter 10, telling us that Jesus' sacrifice was made once for all. For every single person in the past, in the future, and in the present. And through the death and resurrection of Jesus, we've been cleansed, we've been forgiven, we're made holy, we're restored in our relationship with God. And so the writer then says, and here are three encouragements for you. God's people, Ecclesia, the church, as you gather in different forms throughout your lives, three exhortations, encouragements for you, and I'm going to go through them relatively briefly. Number one, draw near to God. Have a look at verse 22 in the passage. We read this, draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. We gather on Sundays like this to draw near to God. I'm hoping that's why you're here, or at least one of the reasons why you're here. We gather as small groups throughout the week to draw near to God. Bite meets on a Thursday evening to draw near to God. We gather as Tuesday special. We gather as, uh, for prayer meetings. And, and throughout the week, anything we do, we are doing it to draw near to God. Just before we began the service this morning, I won't identify you, but I was having a conversation with someone who who said, I finally got into reading Bible in one year. And I love it, reading the scriptures every morning. They used to 
read the news and just found that their spirit was sort of gently feeling crushed in the morning. Whereas now, reading God's word every morning, they're feeling encouraged. And I, over the months and years, have encouraged all of you to read scripture every day, to pray as you start your day. In order to draw near to God, the very first thing you do when you wake up. And what we read here in this passage is that we can draw near to God with confidence. Verse 20, Jesus has made a new way for us. And we read that the curtain or the barrier between God and us has been removed. It's been quite literally ripped apart. And so in a few weeks on Good Friday, as we gather in here at two o'clock and we sit before the cross for an hour and we read the scriptures, we're reminded that as Jesus gave his last breath, the temple in the curtain was ripped in two, symbolizing that barrier between God and us has been removed. And so the writer to the Hebrews is saying, Jesus has done it all. So you can approach God with a sincere heart, or in another translation, it says a genuine heart committed to God, full of faith. One of the challenges, I think, in 21st century Western society is that we have reduced our understanding of church. My guess is that many of us will say to different people throughout the week, if they ask, what are you doing at the weekend? You might say, well, I, I'm going to church. And I want to say to you, you are the church. The church is not a building. The church is not a denomination. The church is not an institution. The church is a living, breathing organism. The Bible calls it the body of Christ. You are the church. And so drawing near to God is not something we just do on Sundays. It's something we do every moment of every day of our lives in all places at all times. See, here's the challenge. You're actually not going to grow in your, in your faith very much if all you're doing is turning up here for one hour on a Sunday. I want to encourage you to join a small group. But even turning up once on a Sunday and going to a small group once a week is not enough because God longs for more of you than that. He, he wants every ounce of your being, every moment of your life, every thought that you have, every breath that he puts in you. As temples of the Holy Spirit, you are walking talking, worshipping, praying, evangelizing, pastoring, ambassadors for Jesus, who are to be constantly in communion with God our Father, at school, at university, at home, on the bus, in the car, you get the point. Wherever you are, tomorrow at 10 o'clock a.m., that is church. Because you are temples of the Holy Spirit. Followers of Jesus, drawing near to God. Number two, hold on to the hope that you have. Have a look at verse 23. 
There was a video this week in the news, I don't know if you saw it, of um, the floods in Los Angeles. Did anyone see those? No, no, just me. I hope I didn't make this up. No, I didn't. Um, there was a video, and um, th because of all the rainfall, the river had swollen in LA, and there was this fairly short but dramatic video of a, a man who was clinging on to a, a metal side to the, the river, so they put up a, a barrier, and he was holding on to this barrier, and the river was terrifying. I mean, it was a torrent, and uh, there was um, a fire brigade um, or lifeguard sort of helicopter that had come, and they were winching down someone to rescue this man because he was losing his strength. And so the man was winched down, and as he got to the guy he was trying to rescue, he, he put his harness around him. But before the helicopter could lift these two into the air, for some reason, the, the winch came down a bit lower. And so the man who was being rescued is suddenly underwater. And the guy who was rescuing him was also being battered by this extremely strong current of, of water. And it looked as if these two were just going to get washed away. But the guy who was rescuing just clung on to this man who he was saving. And he gripped onto him with everything he had. And then finally... The winch went up, and this man was saved. This is a picture of what we read here in verse 23. Cling on to the hope that you have in Jesus. With everything that you've got, even when the currents of culture and life risk washing you away. Even when it feels easier to just give up and let go. It's been said that the local church is the hope of the world. And I agree with that. But I want to say to you, as I look out at all of you, and as I look out at the church in Reading and the church around the world, you are the hope of the world. Christ in you, the hope of the world. And the hope that we hold on to is this. In a minute, we're going to share communion. We hold on to the hope that Jesus, our Savior, died for you and for me to take away our sin and to reconcile us back into a relationship with our Father. We hold on to the hope that Jesus rose again on the third day. He conquered death. And he is now seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you and for me. We hold on to the hope that Jesus is with us now by his Holy Spirit. And we hold on to the hope that Jesus is going to return to this world. And on that day, such will be his glory and majesty. That every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And on that day, all those who put their trust in Jesus will be finally fully saved forever. We will reign with Christ for the rest of eternity, saved from damnation, without pain, without sickness, 
with a resurrection body. This is our hope. And the writer of the Hebrews says, hold on to this hope unswervingly or without wavering, especially when you face the storms of life. I shared with some of you last week that I'd got to a place where I was probably spending too much time looking at the battle and not enough time focusing on Jesus. I was overwhelmed by the battles. And we get to those points in our lives. The greatest challenge you and I face is probably in here. And actually, the Lord is saying to you and me through these scriptures, just shift your focus. Someone said to me this morning, you know, they'd spent too much time looking at the news and they need to fix their eyes on Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning and your, your mind is full of some challenge you're facing in your life. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Hold on to the hope that you have in Christ and remind each other of that hope. Thirdly and finally, verse 24 and 25, the writer to the Hebrews says, encourage each other. We've done a bit of that this morning as you turn to each other and hopefully found something that you could encourage each other about that God has said to you, something he, you've seen him do in the last few weeks. And we need to remind ourselves and each other of what God is doing. Barnabas in the Bible, as you know, was an encourager. His, son, his name means son of encouragement because he spent so much time pouring into those around him, discipling them and supporting them. And all of us need Barnabases in our lives. I realize, generally speaking, there's two categories of people in life. <laughs> there are those that encourage you, and there are those that don't. And the writer to the Hebrews is saying, encourage each other. Be a Barnabas. Encourage each other and spur one another on in love and good deeds. Keep meeting together. Keep gathering together. Small groups, Sundays, different friendships that you have in church keep spurring each other on in the faith. And I do want to encourage you to join a small group because this church is of a size where you will only go so far if you turn up on a Sunday. What, what we all need is a smaller group of people who we meet with regularly, who we're vulnerable with, who support us, who pray for us, who encourage us, we read the scriptures together and we spur each other on. And so if you're not in a small group, come and meet me and Natalie at the end of the service outside this door on the right and we'd love to help you. I'm sure that if you look around you now, the people sat next to you, I love it because we're all so British, no one's looking to their left or right. <laughs> I daren't, David, I daren't. In case we make eye contact, just keep looking straight ahead at the vicar. <laughs> um, but I, I can imagine that the, the people sat either side of you need encouragement in their faith. They need encouragement in their lives, need encouragement to keep going in the faith, to be here on Sundays, to keep going in your jobs and your families and your marriages and your relationships. 
The problem is, and this is what the writer to the Hebrews is saying, is if we withdraw from this community that is church, we find that our ability to face the battle and the challenges of life is significantly reduced. We find that we get battered by the waves. But instead, this writer is saying, encourage each other and hold on to the faith. And we need each other. We need each other to grow in our faith. And the more that we draw near to God, the more that we grow in the faith and become Christ-like, the more that the world will look at Ecclesia, the church, in all its varied forms, and see Jesus. And just going back to the beginning of this series in Genesis, that's why we're here, to reflect the image of God. That people would see Christ in you and me, in us as we gather. So we're going to gather around this table now in a minute. And what we're doing, of course, is we're remembering Jesus' death and resurrection. We're looking forward to that day when Jesus returns. But I want you to think of the upper room. Because Jesus gathered his disciples. They were together. That was Ecclesia. That was the community of Jesus in its infancy. And they were a fairly mixed bag in that upper room, just like we are. But the important thing in the upper room and now is that Jesus is here by his spirit. And he calls us to partake in this sacrament, in this communion, in community, together as one. And so as we prepare to receive the bread and the wine together. Let's just be still and let's draw near to God as it says here and hold on to the hope that we have in Christ. So Lord, we still our hearts before you now as we prepare to receive communion. Lord, you are unchanging. It is not you who moves, Lord. It is us. And so help us to draw near to you now. To receive the hope we have in you. That our faith may rise.